Well, this morning, I wanted to share a little thought about our pathway in life, you know, and the thought of our spiritual pathway and our journey. And I wanted to ask a question that we see in Scripture um, regarding our pathway. And that question is, what is following us? What is following us in our pathway? Now, you might have some thoughts of what that could mean, but I wanted to look at some scriptures that, that actually do kind of directly look at that thought of, of something following us. And, and we're going to find that it, it, hopefully it can be something good, and it definitely can be. Um, but I, I wanted to look at this fr first from the thought of Israel, because when they got to the, to the promised land, the Lord told them to split into two groups and to stand on those two mountains, right? Remember the Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. One was the mountain of blessing and one was the mountain of curses. I would want to be on the mountain of blessing, but you know, hopefully you get it, receive the blessing of the Lord. But, um, you know, and so it was the blessing of God that would come by walking in his pathway. But then it's also that reminder that God was giving his people that Right there's the opposite of blessing, which is, you know, curses or, and and I think we could understand that, maybe the reaping what we sow when we walk in a wrong pathway, but I wanted to look at what, the Lord said to Israel about the blessing, in Deuteronomy twenty eight verse one, it says, if you shall it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord will God, God will set you on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And I, that thought really kind of came to me. Here's, here's the people of God. They're walking in a pathway. And where are the blessings coming from? They're actually coming from behind. It says they will overtake you. You're walking in the way, and maybe you're like, Lord, I don't see anything in front of me. I don't see the blessings coming. But it's like the blessings come and they overtake you as you're faithful and obedient and careful to follow God. Now, of course, we can face some difficult seasons. As I said, that you're looking in front and you're like, Lord, where's the blessing? You know, that and the promises and so forth that we've been expecting. You know, we can go through long seasons and through valleys like, you know, Christian and Pilgrim's Progress went through that dark valley, uh, you know, it, without a clear picture of ahead. And sometimes we think, Lord, what did I do wrong that I'm going through this valley and I don't see anything. But there's an expectation God wants to give us. That, that if we make it our practice to listen and we're careful to hear and respond and obey his blessings are following us. And it's like that thought of a caravan, you know, I mean, we've all, well, maybe you've driven in a caravan in the sense of, you know, someone's leading and people are in a car following and the person in the front has to be careful not to lose the people in the back. That's actually kind of hard, right? Because you're like, you know, oh, is everyone going to make this light? You know, should I slow down? But there's that thought. We want to walk in a way that the blessings are behind us, and they overtake us. And God wants to give us that expectation. Because 
Sometimes we can go through difficult seasons and valleys, but we can have assurance that if we are being careful to obey the voice of the Lord and His direction, we're walking in the pathway of righteousness, there will come a time when the blessings will overtake us. And, and that's just, that, that kind of is the thing I was quickened with is concerning this thought is, you know, sometimes people are just looking for that next good thing that will fulfill them, right? But the problem is that can take our eyes off of doing what matters, off of, you know, diligently obeying the voice of the Lord. And, and in fact, when you're th- looking at this concept Right? Where does the blessing come from? Well, it's coming from behind. What happens if we just become people looking for the blessing? We're actually just going to go in circles. You know, just kind of continually seeking, oh, where's the blessing? Where's the blessing? And we can get lost on that on our pathway. Because the path, the blessing comes when we walk diligently and progress in that pathway. You know, and in one sense, I think. That's part of the reason why the church is not the head, but the tail right now. Because a lot of the church is chasing their tail, looking for the blessing, going in circles. I want the blessing. Whereas the blessing comes and overtakes us as we walk in the ways of God. But for those whose eyes are upon the Lord, just diligently listening, seeking, knocking, to know and to do the will of God, we can be assured that God's blessing is close behind us. And we will, there will come a time when it will overtake us and we'll fully know the joy that comes from following God and doing His will. Now, here's the other side of the coin. We always want to be a people that understand both sides of truth and you know, speak the whole truth. Because it also says in Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, if we're, if we're not... Walking in that way, it'll come to pass that if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You know, it's that same concept of overtaking, but instead of blessing, it's cursing or, and, and really I could think it's judgment. It's the consequences. It's the sowing that eventually they'll become a reaping you know, and that's an important concept. We can change the pathway we're on, maybe from good to bad or bad to good. And the change doesn't happen immediately. The blessing doesn't come immediately. And also the, the judgment doesn't come immediately. It takes a while, but they catch up down the road. And it, this is so true for the wrong path. You know, people can dip their toe lightly in things that, you know, they wonder, should I be doing this? And, well, they know the answer, but like, well, hey, I didn't get struck by lightning or anything like that, so I should be okay. But we know something follows us. And, and so that's why we want to focus on the right pathway and understand this concept as we continue in God's way. We can expect good things to come. You know, John says something interesting in Revelation, or he, he sees something, I should say, because this is all a revelation to John. And in Revelation 1 and verse 10, he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. 
And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches that are in Asia. And notice that John was, he was in the spirit. You know, he set that time aside. And when he did, he heard a voice behind him. I think that's kind of interesting and significant. He didn't have his eyes weren't opened and he didn't look up to heaven and see, you know, Christ seated at the right hand of the father. He heard a voice behind him as he was walking in his way, seeking God in the spirit on the Lord's day. You know, that's something we have to hold before us. You know, we're, we're looking for these kinds of meetings with the Lord and, you know, we're praying for revival and, and so forth, you know, but the blessing and the meeting with God comes as we're moving in the pathway. And sometimes we can say, Lord, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for some, for you to do something. And, and we, but we want to be careful to say, Lord, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit here and until you answer my prayer to pour out revival. You know, that's not the concept we see in scripture. John was seeking. He was active. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And you kind of get that, that personal sense. He was seeking God. He was crying out. I, Maybe he was in a church service, but I don't think so. I think, I think he was seeking God. He was maybe worshiping in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. He was before the throne in the Spirit, and he heard that voice. And so he was walking, pursuing God, and that voice came from behind him and overtook him, and he saw some marvelous things. And so that's that, this concept that we want to be careful to observe and follow we have to be seeking and be in the way. And then the blessing overtakes us. And, and so I wanted to look just with, with you this morning at three examples from Scripture. You know, of, of the Lord coming upon those in his pathway and how we might experience that in our lives as well. Now, a couple of them were going to be in Isaiah. I talked about how Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. But, you know, Isaiah 30 and verse 21 has a a really uh, precious promise, significant scripture. It says, and it says, thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand or turn to the left, and isn't that so wonderful that when you're facing a crossroads, that God said, if we're walking in his way and we're determined to do his will, he'll be a voice behind us saying, turn to the right or turn to the left or here's the pathway you should go. This is what you should do and what you should choose. You know, that, that's such a wonderful and comforting promise that God wants to lead us. Because there will be many times we'll come to a fork in the road. And, and the decision we make is, is, can sometimes be monumental. It's like, well, if I, if I make this decision to go here, it's going to have a radical change. Or if I go there, it'll have a change. But, you know, as we seek to walk in his way, he'll be that voice behind us. And, 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 and you know, as I was considering this, that really is a distinction, um, with this thought in regards to the two paths, it's, uh, it's that response to the voice behind us. That, that determines our outcome, you could say, right? Because we face those crossroads 
And no, ma- no matter how many times we experience the voice behind us and we chose the right way, it actually doesn't matter how many times in the past we chose the right way. It matters today <laughs> that we choose the right way because we can have chosen it a hundred times, but the hundred and one time, if we choose the wrong way, we'll be in trouble. And so what determines whether we're in the right way is hearing and diligently responding to the voice of the Lord. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Now, of course, I think God can bring us to that place where we're doing that just becomes a way of life. You know, because we've made it our practice. We've been diligent to do so. I think it's more the situation that we face will be the hard thing. But yet, if we make that our practice, it becomes our default. And we want it to be our default. Now, the context to, to verse 30, or, or Isaiah 30, uh, 21, this chapter was, was given to Israel at a time that they, they had kind of ceased to listen to the voice of the Lord. They weren't inquiring. And actually, the chapter starts out, Woe to the rebellious children! They weren't looking to the Lord. Instead, they were, they were looking to Egypt. As it, as it says in this chapter, they wanted to turn aside out of the pathway. But the Lord, it also says, the Lord was waiting to be gracious to them. I think that's a wonderful thought. He's waiting to be gracious to his people and to be the voice behind us. I don't know how many times I've been in the pathway and I've maybe how many times I've ignored the voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And I say, Lord, is that you? Let me try this other way. I'll go down it a little bit and just see if I get a real big warning in my spirit. We've got to be careful with that. <laughs> we don't want to go too far and get mired in something. But God is so, he's waiting to be so gracious to us. If we will listen to that voice behind us saying, this is the way. Walk you in it. You know, we often cite these two kings as a comparison because they are such a contrast, right? King Saul, King David, um, you know, of someone who chose the right way and someone who chose the wrong way. Of course, we know who is who. Saul continually, habitually chose the wrong way. Uh, you know, and at the end of his life, after walking in his own way, he tried to seek the Lord. But the Lord wouldn't speak to him because he had chosen the wrong way so many times, there was no longer a voice behind him. That is scary. That is scary. Even though he was seeking God actively at the end. But David, he had an ability to hear from the Lord in many situations when he was fighting his battles, when he was preparing to build the temple, and even in being restored from his sins, it was, it was like that was his one desire. Even though he had messed up, and probably there's times he had ignored God. But he, he was able to come back to that place, and he kind of brought back to that central place and made it that central place focus again in his life. Lord, I have one desire for you to be that voice behind me, directing me and showing me the way to go because I want your blessings to overtake me once again. 
You know, another verse in Isaiah that we see that's another really encouraging one. Um, the prophets seem to have a, a good perspective here on, on our pathway. Now, this is in Isaiah 58, verse 8. I'm going to read it from the ESV. It says, Then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your, he your healing shall spring up speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. I like that thought. I like someone having my back, a rear guard. You know, that's a precious promise that, you know, we're walking and sometimes we walk in darkness, like we talked about with Christian and Pilgrim's Progress. And you know, we need someone to protect us and guide us because the enemy is out there and he's active and he's roaring and, and so forth. But it says, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. I think a good example of this is with Israel, you know, when they were leaving Egypt and they were, they were, they came to the Red Sea and that was kind of like a, a line they couldn't cross on their own strength, in their own strength. They couldn't, they couldn't pass over it. They didn't have boats, right? They couldn't do an amphibious transport. They were stuck. And then the Egyptians were coming at them and they were pursuing them and they were fearing but, the, but something was there. There was a pillar of fire, uh, or there was a pillar of cloud by, by day and a pillar of fire by night, and that fire was a, was a shield between them and the Egyptians. You know, sometimes when we're following the Lord, it does feel like the enemy's close. And sometimes it feels like the enemy's about to overtake us, you know, overwhelm us with trouble or things you know, from the past and remind us of our weaknesses and, and so forth, or, you know, tell us, you haven't really changed. Or maybe that as going forward, nothing's going to change. Or, you know, all of those things to try and discourage us in the way. But the promise is that if we will walk in God's way and just continue to hear and to be diligent to obey, and we make that, de that determination the Lord will be our rear guard. He will protect us. The enemy won't overtake us. It's the blessing that will overtake us. And of course, that's what the Lord did with Israel. You know, and there's also, though, something we have to mix in from ourselves, and that's an element of trust. Because we can read the story of Israel. They had trouble trusting Right? They had some difficulty. I mean, they looked with their eyes and they, they let that really get into their soul and they were afraid. Um, it took a significant amount of trust. And God was asking Israel to do the impossible. And sometimes God asks us to believe for the impossible. To cross the Red Sea while being pursued by our enemies. Whether, you know, spiritual enemies, hopefully. You know, they were between a rock and a hard place, so to speak. Uh, between the Red Sea and the, the Egyptians. But as they followed God's direction and their direction of Moses, they were delivered. He protected them. And, you know, and so Egypt is representative of a spiritual enemy for us. You know, they were being pursued. And what they were trying to do was draw them back into Egypt. They weren't trying to kill them. They were trying to bring them back into the bondage of their old ways, their old life. That was literally the curse trying to come 
and bring them back, to overtake them. But as they followed the word of the Lord, which was to stand still and see the salvation of God, he didn't let that happen because he was their rear guard. And so God turned the curse into a blessing because they held on. Now, I think Israel was holding on by their fingertips. I mean, it was really (laughs) Moses that, as a shepherd, that was kind of keeping them in, in line because they didn't hold on in future tests. But they're our example of what could be if we will hold on to God. Now, one last example of what we can of what can follow us in our pathway as we pursue God. And this one was spoken to us by David himself. And as soon as I read it, we can all say it by heart. Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a blessing we want to enter into. Amen? Surely goodness and mercy would follow us. You know, David experienced this. He experienced the goodness and the mercy of God upon his life and upon his house and the promise of mercy that God would 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 be with his seed and, and his children and preserve his lineage. And that followed him, not just in his life, but on into the life of his family and his children, his seed that followed him. But, you know, we realize what he said earlier about his pathway, just a few verses earlier in, in verse 4, Psalm 23, 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, that was his pathway that in one sense qualified him to, to enter into the goodness and mercy of God. I walk through that, but I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You know, if the pathway was always easy, we wouldn't be talking so much about the need to continue in it. We would just be doing it because it's, right? As the saying goes, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. But the pathway is not easy because sometimes there's valleys we have to pass through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, it's dark and foreboding. It doesn't seem certain we're going to make it out. You know, David experienced times of danger where if he made the wrong decision, he might not have made it. He, he and his men. And other times he suffered for his mistakes and sin and he, he experienced the shadow of death and sickness. And it was his own fault. But you see, he he came back to that place of being diligent to follow, to hear and obey. And because of that, goodness and mercy was following him and overtook him. In everything he did, he did not stop drawing near to God and just surrendering himself to his presence and to his will. And, you know, this is true for David. He came to the place where even the rod and the staff of the Lord became a comfort because he it didn't feel good, but he knew it was doing a work that would cause goodness and mercy to follow him. His reliance was upon the Lord. You know, in his mercy, he knew God was going to correct him 
and he was going to have to really endure a lot of stuff, but he knew something good was going to follow. Now we can contrast that with King Saul and here's the saddest, one of the saddest verses in scripture, really. You know, the, the thing about his life is God took something away from him. You know, and he declared this through Nathan the prophet. And he was speaking about David's lineage, but in 2 Samuel 7, verse 15, it says, God is saying, but my mercy shall not be depart from him, meaning David's seed, as I took it from Saul, who I removed from before you. What a thing to say about Saul, which was God's, Israel's chosen leader. But the reality is that time after time, he chose to ignore the voice behind him saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And he considered another path and he kept doing that. And because of that, because of that, the things that were following him were not of the Lord any longer. And what overtook him was what the Lord pronounced on Mount Ebal because that was the path he was on. But David, because he followed after the Lord and he always sought not just to hear the voice of the Lord, but to diligently do and obey. And he was willing to yield at times to that and allowed the Lord to correct him. And, and he trusted even in the dark times that surely goodness and mercy would follow him. And the blessings of the Lord, they always caught up to him eventually. It took a while because of certain circumstances. And that's something we want to take to heart. And, and, let's, and we want to make that our focus and our goal Lord, help me to just walk in your pathway and be diligent to do what you're instructing me to do, you know, both in, in the word, but also as he's illuminating his word to us and speaking to our, pers us personally, Lord, help me to just be diligent to do what you're directing in my heart. Because when we do that and obey the voice behind us, you know, it's that, and if it's behind us, it's because we, we don't see it. It's there. It's like, where is that voice? And you, you ever seen like cartoon of someone trying to turn around and every time they turn, someone behind them is turning around and you can never see him. But it's like the Lord, he's there right with us. He's that voice behind us. And if we will follow his direction, he will be our rear guard. And the goodness of mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for your promises. Lord, thank you that you are with us, Lord, in our pathway, and that, Lord, as we follow you, you have promised that, that Lord, the blessing will overtake us. And Lord, we just hold on to your word. And Lord, we're just crying out to you, Lord, that you would give us even a renewed sense Lord, of, of that need, oh, to cry out to you, to hear your voice, to hear your instruction and direction for our lives. And Lord, would you just cleanse any areas of, of resistance to that? Oh God, make us those who would be diligent to hear and obey your voice speaking to us from heaven and leading us in your word and by your spirit. Lord, we want goodness and mercy to follow us all the days of our life, that we can dwell in your house forever and ever. And we thank you for that. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. God bless you.